Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Mayor Willett testified in Ottawa at the inquiry into the invocation of the Emergencies Act. And the mayor was there earlier this week, as you no doubt know. We did speak with Mayor Willett in February before the Emergencies Act was invoked, and uh, the mayor has agreed to come back on the air with us. Mayor Willard, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm fine. Thank you very much for taking the time to uh, to join us. Hey, no problem. So if I were to take all of those days from the end of January to the day or two before the invocation of the Emergencies Act, What's the strongest memory for you of those days in late January and early February in your community of Coots? The strongest... Uh, now, what comes to mind? Oh, I try not to go back there now. Um, the, the, the feeling, uh, I guess, that... Uh, the feeling I got at the time was that nothing was really happening, that uh, we weren't getting a lot of uh, support other than we had a strong police presence. Uh, the protesters were pretty well dug in. They had uh, lots of support as far as, as uh, supplies and so on go. Uh, we were, we were uh, as a community... The, uh, I think the numbers that I used at the uh, commission are probably fairly accurate. I uh, said it was about a 70-30 split, with 70 being sympathetic with the uh, the protesters. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me after that when I said that uh, I thought it was domestic terrorism. Well, does that mean that 70% of your population are terrorists? Well, no, that's not what. No, I know it's not. I mean, that's not even thoughtful. <laughs> Quite, that's just a dumb but, question. But yeah, it, it was uh, it was a pretty in that part of February. I was uh, fairly depressed. I had just come through a, a little bout with COVID, and if there is such a thing, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a. Uh, you know, the reason that I asked you is first of all, it provides us with a bit of a bit of context, and 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 I appreciate you answering it. But the other reason was when when you and I spoke in February, um, I just I felt for you because your community, two hundred and fifty people, it's a community of two hundred and fifty people usually are very tight because there's interdependence. And families grow up together, and they, you know, you know everybody, and it's just a, it's 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 a community sense. After you and I talked, I had so many emails from listeners saying, "Man, I'd love to live in a community where, you know, that, that's that size." And so, so there was a lot of positive response, but there was the discord that had developed in in Coots, and I know that that was really disturbing and distressing to you. Yeah, and the the thing is, uh, I think at the time you. 
somebody asked me, will it ever get any better? Uh, there are still people in the uh, the village that don't have much to do with each other anymore because they figure... Uh, <laughs> The question I was asked at the hearing: What what causes Western alienation? Well, you give me a a, a clue, and I'll try and explain it. I, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, people who've known each other forever um, got split over this, and it's very hard for some of them to let that go. Mm-hmm. So. Even with advance warning, and you testified to this earlier in the week, even with advance warning, and you communicated with Alberta provincial officials, including then-Premier Kenny, even with the advance warning that you provided, the RCMP seemed caught off guard. Uh, But you were assured that the RCMP was on top of developments. So how did this all go sideways? Hmm. Uh, Well, from listening to... uh the testimony of Mr. Legrand yesterday and, uh, or day before yesterday. And, uh, what I read in the situation reports that, uh, I gained access to when they put them all online, uh, nobody anticipated or took seriously that the idea that somebody would actually block the highway and stop traffic. And even though the social media from the group was saying that's what we're going to do, uh, there's a, uh, uh, I hate to quote the rebel, but uh, Rebel News uh, put together a, uh, a movie, they called it, and in one uh, scene early on in that movie, the guy is in a cab with one of the drivers, and the driver admits that, yes, we had this plan from the beginning. We just tried to keep it quiet so they wouldn't uh, wouldn't be uh, ready for it. And I think uh, the intelligence uh, that the uh, RCMP was depending on just didn't take it seriously. And then once it happens, you're playing catch-up from then on. Now, did you ever have the sense that uh, the size of your community, or lack of size of your community, might have been an, might have impacted in all of this? So it's a small place. Who's going to go there? I don't know. I'm just, this is just off, off the top of my head. Well, the, the thing that I, I even mentioned this to uh, uh, one of the protest organizers, or, well, one of the protest leaders later, they didn't organize so much as they got out in front and people followed them. But um, th- nobody considered Coots. Mm-hmm. As far as the guys that were blocking the highway, they didn't really stop to think what they were doing to our community by cutting us off like that. And uh, I've said before, you can drive by here, a lot of people do, and don't even know there's a town here because we're we're just off to the the west of the highway and everybody's getting their papers ready and getting ready to hit the border and a lot of people don't even know there's a town here. So I think in the grand scheme of things, we just kind of got forgotten. And then, uh, oh, yeah, well, I guess we should make it so you can get in and out. Yeah, I just sort of, it just occurred to me that somebody maybe along the way said, Cooch, where is that? 
And, and, and you really, it was so significant because you had warned them. You had told them. You told Premier Kenny. You told the federal officials, the provincial officials, hey, we're here. Pay attention. Uh, there's word they're coming here. So pay attention to us. And then they were, they kicked the can sideways. Mr. Mayor, um, so you 250 residents in Coots, and you said people could drive by, not even know that your community's there if they're paying attention to going across the border. But you had hundreds, do I have this correct? You had hundreds of semi-trucks blocking roads in and out of the United States. Must have been, this is probably not necessary to say, total chaos. Uh, it was, uh, what, chaos? I'm not sure it was uh, chaos so much as it was just a feeling of being, I, I've called it being held hostage because uh we were being prevented, for the most part of you know, we were being prevented free uh, uh, free movement and held for a reason, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like being a hostage. You were given, uh, you could run out and come back again, but uh, still, that presence was there, and and it just. Uh, well, like we already talked about, it was uh, freeing on the nerves. Yeah. Let me come back to something you said a few minutes ago, the term you used, and, and I think you said it at the inquiry. In fact, it was brought up, domestic terrorists. You were asked about that. Um, what was the context about that particular term? And you weren't going to call anyone a domestic terrorist at Coots in February. That could have been dangerous to do. Um so what's the context? Well, the, the context is if you, like I said in the hearing, I'm a Google lawyer. I'm not a lawyer by any means. I, I spend a lot of time online because that's the nature of who I am. But uh, the definition that the government of Canada has on their government website of domestic terrorism is when an action is threatening or actually doing what this bo- this blockade was doing. It was stopping international trade. It's affecting the actual uh, well-being of the province and of the country. And that is, the, by definition, that is domestic terrorism. And I know that people probably, I mean, they wouldn't think of themselves as terrorists, but they fit the definition. The question of guns. Were there guns? You addressed that. Would you share that with mm-hmm. us? Sure. Uh, the raid on the uh, residents and the two RV trailers went down early hours of the 14th of February. Uh, earlier, the... the uh, on the 13th, there had been a uh, a confrontation up at Smugglers, which is where the blockade was. Uh, a couple of vehicles had moved, and uh, the RCMP officer in a car got, felt threatened by one of the big tractors, which you understand. And uh, so the there was a mass movement of uh, RCMP vehicles down to Smugglers. And at the time, my wife and I were standing out on the back deck, which it was mild in February, and uh, watched the vehicles go by our house on the way to Smugglers, 
looked up overhead, and there was a couple of fixed-wing aircraft circling, and I said, well, that's weird. And uh, then didn't think anything more about it, but at about 1 o'clock, or I'm not sure the exact time, shortly after midnight, uh, the RCMP did move in and raid. Uh, Neighbors saw guys in full SWAT uniforms and were told to get back in their houses. Uh, There was a field hospital set up at the fire hall, and it was a very serious police raid on the residents to make sure that uh, if there were firearms, that they weren't used. And sure enough, they found a cache of firearms there, and everybody's seen the pictures and read the stories about that. Yeah. I'm sorry to, to drag you through testimony you already gave earlier in the week, but it's it's so central to this whole question about whether the Emergencies Act was uh, was required. Now, protesters were leaving Coots before the Emergencies Act was invoked by the federal government, and you don't believe the EA was really necessary at that point, but you do believe... I hope I have this correctly, that the province and the federal government should have acted earlier to clear the blockades in and around Coots. I mean, that's just deductive reasoning. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's difficult to know for sure because a lot of it will come out in court later, probably, what the RCMP were holding off for. If they knew that these guns and these people were there and they were waiting until they could get it all set up and get them in in a single location. Maybe that's why it seemed to be taking forever to get anything to happen. But uh, the fact that the the guns were found on the 14th and uh, the people in the blockade, the original protesters decided that was time to move, uh, that uh, it was getting really serious. I I don't know I don't believe in coincidences but uh if that hadn't happened from what I've heard from again from uh YouTube posts and and Facebook posts and so on the protesters weren't ready to go home on the 14th or 15th if they hadn't had this trigger event that uh, bad use of words but uh, if they hadn't had this event it's clever that um, made it uh, a whole different uh, feeling. Let me ask you one more question. Tow trucks have been central to so much of discussion, whether it's the city of Ottawa, and now the tow truck issue has come up as far as Coots is concerned, and there were the stories, and, and I mean, you're clearly totally aware of this, that 100-plus tow truck operators had refused to engage in clearing the roadblocks in and around Coots. All right, so... May I assume that happened, and was that surprising to you? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I understand if you're running a business, you don't want to uh, try and keep it cleaner. This is the radio. Uh, you don't want to uh, upset a large portion of your clientele. Uh if somebody's going to call a, a tow truck and you've been seen to be against them, they won't call you. And uh, it, it's a very, you know, there's only so many, so many trucks and so many truckers. And uh, even uh, 
I mean, there were a lot of truckers that were actually trucking, and uh, they might have been sympathetic to the cause as well. So if, you, if you're running a business and your business depends on a truck company calling you for work, and all of a sudden they're not going to do it because of your stance, uh, you reconsider. You just say, well, no, I can't do that. Yeah, look after you have to look after your your own affairs. I was just thinking as you were talking and we're wrapping up here, Mayor, thank you so much again for the time. But I was thinking if somebody a year ago today had suggested to you this kind of scenario was possible, you probably would have sent them for evaluation. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about that. Uh, I think you and I have got uh, about 150 years between us, and uh, <laughs> we've seen a lot of stuff. Yeah, we have. It, it never fails, though. Uh, the sun comes up tomorrow, something yeah. new is going to happen. So. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.